So today, our first guest to the entire podcast, his name is Nathan. I met him while he was on business, I suppose, (laughs) while working. Um, And Nathan, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello, good morning. My name is Nathan Wynn. I am currently a flight attendant for JetBlue, or mainly an in-flight crew member. So, how do you like flight attending? (laughs) Is that fun? What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, For what it is, I love being able to travel the world. It gives me an excuse to tie in with one of my passions with work. Because every day when I go, I don't, sometimes I don't know where I'm going. I lay over in very beautiful places or random places, which is how I met you at one point. (laughs) Um, The job has become a little bit more difficult nowadays because of, I'm pretty sure you've heard of the stories of flight attendants getting assaulted and stuff over the mask policies or many things that go on nowadays. So In the back of my mind, I feel kind of nervous at times when I go into work because I don't know if I'm going to have one of those accidents or incidents to happen where I'm threatened or anything might happen. So I'm always, I guess in a way now, I'm a little bit more on edge when I go into work. Um, And I mean, thankfully, you haven't had any of those experiences, right? Um, uh, (laughs) Have I spoken too soon? No, like, I've had some little small instances, but I don't think it's anything that would go to that level yet, knocking on wood, because I don't want anything like that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely, I can't wait until this is all over and everybody just kind of gets with the program, but I digress. (laughs) Um, So, tell me about yourself, like, how did you grow up, who were you as a kid, like, who was your character as a kid in school? Like, were you, like, the smart kid? Were you a jock? Uh, yeah, because for me, I think growing up, I was... I had an interesting childhood. Um, my... So my background a little bit, though, is, like, I am Vietnamese, and my parents kind of came over during the Vietnam War era and they were living in I believe they met each other in California so my mom somehow thought it would be good to shelter me a lot with like not showing me a lot of things we grew up Catholic and stuff so it's just there's a our household was very small but they were always away at work so I was very socially awkward growing up I got in trouble a lot in elementary school I nearly got suspended, expelled, because I just didn't know how to act at times, which is very surprising. And I was usually, um, a lot of my teachers and stuff didn't think I would progress very far because some people thought I was stupid or thought I was really awkward. So I didn't have many friends growing up and we moved areas quite a bit. So we moved around a little bit. Like, my brother was born in a different state. So I was always kind of, in a way, moving around. So I didn't really know. I guess I just didn't know how to act when I was growing up. Um, I guess I'm still learning. I guess I'm still slightly awkward (laughs) here and there. But I feel like I've learned as much as I can. But so being as a kid, I was just very, yeah, I wasn't the best kid. 
Would you say, like, lost is the word, maybe? Yes, I got lost and I got bullied a lot growing up as a kid. Um, I would come home with bruises at times. Kids would pick on me. I would be the last person for, like, for recess or whatever. I was usually always alone. Like, I was always branded as the outcast or the weirdo. There weren't many Asian kids at the school that I was going to. So it was just kind of like there was two. I believe there was um two like in my sit my other brother there was like three people in total and it just like i felt like i never really belonged no i can i can definitely sympathize with that as a as also you know a product of immigrants um yeah it's it's rough when you're a kid and you just you don't really have well in that specific case i feel like you don't really have, you know, the pinnacle of an American model to... To follow up to, yes. Exactly. So when you get to school and, you know, these environments where you're kind of left to your own devices, you're just trying to copy everybody else, but somehow it doesn't work for you. Mm-mm. No, it didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I get that. And, you know, bullying quickly follows, so it's it's rough. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so that being said, um, being kind of, you know, wandering in the past, where do you see yourself in the next like five, 10, 20 years? Where do you want to go from here? I guess for me, I would say I would see, I guess in a vague sense, I would say I, I would see myself moving forward, succeeding and growing and learning from every mistake or whatever, because I'm pretty sure... I guess usually humans, we all deal with, we fall over, and it's the strength to stand up again and keep on moving forward. And for me, in five to ten years, I would just, hopefully, I'm living comfortably somewhere, doing one of my, whatever dream job or whatever job that spikes my interest at that moment in time, traveling the world, maybe, hopefully, traveling in first class, because, come on, like, I'm drinking as much wine as you want. <laughs> well, one time I drank too much wine, and I that wasn't fun, but that was fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's always fine in the end. <laughs> no, it's always in the moment, because I was... I remember that moment, because it was random, was I had wine with everything. And the flight attendant was just like, was like, do you want more wine, sir? I was like, sure, I would want more wine. And I had wine with the peanuts that they gave you in the beginning. I had wine with my ice cream at the end. I had wine with oh, each no. entree that I had. So I had six or seven glasses of wine. <laughs> Honestly, I cannot blame you. I've had trips where, you know, same. And then you're just kind of at the end of your meal. You're just like, I don't think wine goes with a lot of other things. Exactly. So I was just laughing. My mom was on that flight with me. She's like, can you stand up? I was like, yeah, I can't. Uh, no, I can't. <laughs> um, but hopefully for me, I guess to finish that question, though, was that I want to just be comfortable wherever I'm at in time, 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I just want to be happy, whatever that happiness means. If it's a new job, if it's a new career, if it's something making friends i love i just love exploring people i love the heart of people i adore your personality too by the way oh my god thank you (laughs) and i just love i just love growing and learning about what it means to be on this earth 
and just I just want to be happy as much and bring joy to others as much as they bring joy to me. First, I'd love to say that how wonderful it is that you are the first guest with everything that you just said. Like, I love that. And and then just like, I want to be happy. That's all I want for my future. Like, don't we all? In in the crux of it, we all just want to be happy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I love that. Um, So, I know you said like dream job. Is there any, I mean, I also very much subscribe to the I do not dream of labor, my love, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sentiment. Um, but is there any, you know, dream jobs that you could, like, picture yourself doing? If, you know, no means were against you, what would you love to do? I kind of want, I would want, like, a, in the, I guess in a way I would want a mixture of all my jobs in a way, like, little bits and pieces of it that I love now, like, being a flight attendant, when I used to work for Disney, when I used to work in hotels, when I used to work as a lab technician somewhere, like I kind of want a mixture where I have control over it rather than having the job have control over me. Like I would want, like one of my goals in the future though would is to own condominiums, being able to rent it out. It sounds funny because with our, what was it? We're, we live in a, I believe a capitalist society. So it's like, to make use other people's money to make your money grow and the thing is i don't want to work hard for the rest of my life i don't want to work when i'm around 40 or 50 i want to be able to give a product to people whether it's like an apartment or something though that would make them happy but not skimp out on that where like it's a cheaper product for them for me to make i want it to be fair and i want them to like it if it's like apartment or something or if it's I don't know, like a new hair product or something. I don't know what I want to create in the future, but I want to do it well, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, no. No, I get it. I think it's, like, the sentiment of, like, I would like to do less of, like, the hench work, but mm-hmm. I would still like to contribute to making, like, you know, a good and proper product for the masses, whatever that product may be. I know I'm giving vague answers. It's just, like, sometimes I can't think. I'm like, well, that kind of makes sense. So that could go anywhere <laughs> no honestly i get it it's, it's very like they're very abstract thinking and very abstract answers so it works it's yeah. just yeah. ideas because i don't want to put myself into a box where i'm saying this is exactly what i want in the future but if that limits me from being able to move forward if i find something else that's like oh my gosh nathan you'd be perfect here i'm like i never thought about that as a job Okay, cool. And then getting paid well for it, though, and living my dreams and stuff. That's where I want to move myself forward towards. Um, so I heard Disney. And I have to ask you about that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a Disney hat? How was Disney? What did you do? How was it? I worked in food. I worked, I think I did the Disney college program. I used to live in California. And I did the one in Walt Disney World since it's bigger. Um, I worked in, I guess I worked in food. So, uh, what was it? It was called OD outdoor vendors. So like one of the carts outside when I'm like pretzels or whatever, I worked at those carts. And later on, I wanted to be, I'm more of a performer. Like, um, my background is a lot of, I'm a trained ballroom dancer. 
I am in theater. I did theater a little bit. I also did, I had took vocal lessons and such as well growing up. So I, and I did ballet, jazz, tap, some other things that I, I, let's just say I did a lot. I did a lot of things that people are like, what, Nathan? I'm like, I know it's fine. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to be a performer. So I auditioned for one of the roles that they had, which was one of the characters that they had. Normally, I don't work for Disney anymore. I can say whatever I want. Um, <laughs> so usually, the best tip I can tell you, though, is if any if you met, know anyone that works for Disney, and then if they're one of those that want to keep the Disney magic, they'll usually try to tell you, I am friends with said character, which is their way of saying, I am that character. But they can't say that they are so-and-so. So if I told you right now that I was friends with Tigger and Goofy at Disney World, uh-huh. Get it? I Get see. It? Yes. I think I've slightly heard of this. I have like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend who's like friends with Elena oh, of Avalor. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But I think I think she it was, you know, a past friendship. Same. As we say. Yeah. So it's <laughs> like for me, I got a chance to audition. I got a chance to do it for a little bit. Then I left Disney on my own reasons after that. Okay, that sounds like a trip, though. That sounds like it was a lot of fun, or a really big learning experience, at the very least. It was a learning experience, because I guess in a way, like, fun. St- like I was dealing with a breakup in California at that time, and it was not mm-hmm. a good breakup. And then my one of my best friends, her daughter worked at Disneyland, and she's like, hey, Nathan, there's the Disney College program. Why don't you apply? You have nothing better to do. I was like, <laughs> well, because then I got let go from a job, too, at that time as well. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Nathan, just go. And I applied first time, and then my and I got in the first try. And my friends were like, Nathan, I have applied for four to six, seven times. And ha-. I was like, I don't know how we got through the first time. I don't know. Maybe they just like, Nathan's so Disney-fied that it, he's perfect or something. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. But then later on, I just had so much fun. I loved, I just love making magical moments for people. I love creating. We're allowed to do that at Disney. So create, giving away some free things or little things to make someone's day better. And I've had so many stories where I cried, where it was so magic. When I bring that over to Jet, I bring that over to JetBlue. So I do with so many magical moments on JetBlue. They're like, Nathan, did you work for Disney? I was like, how did you know? I was like, um, we can all tell, even if I don't tell them. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, so it was just like literally a luck of the draw and then a little bit of magic. I just And it's just led you down this path. I just feel like, I guess the best way it's like you meet, I feel like things are placed in your path or you meet people or you meet moments when you're supposed to meet them. I agree. Like, I met you by, we had that very interesting talk about that person, about the van or whatever, and it's just like, and then you're like, oh, Nathan, I I was like, oh, yeah, that that sounds cool. I know, we just clicked so quickly, I'm like, that was, I went, as soon as you left, I kind of like said to myself, like, that was too easy, I'm not gonna get a response back. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been so busy, and I totally forgot, I was like, Wait, someone told me, oh, I need a message. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm terrible at text, so I get it. I, I have to literally schedule time to reply back to my texts, or I'll just let them sit, and then I'll forget about them. They'll be gone. Or I'll just be that type where I 
think I texted someone, then I realized later on that I didn't text them. I think I sent mm-hmm. a text through my mind. I was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, that's good. And then they're like, Nathan. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I replied. I thought we had a whole conversation, but I guess not. Exactly. <laughs> um. So with all of that experience, um, are there any, like, I don't know, like, nuggets of wisdom you want to share with the audience? Like, think of, like, if you were speaking to your younger self, a younger sibling, or maybe even, like, you know, somebody my age going through it. It's just anybody who you think, like, might need advice or something that somebody might need to hear. <laughs> um, I guess my nugget of wisdom would be to live one day at a time and just realize that no matter how old you get and no matter how old you are, you're still learning every single day. There's no moment where you're like, I know everything. Or being in a, like where you know everything at that moment in time. I say I would say like be more affected by the people around you who you surround yourself with to let them be a part of your life, whether it's your friends or whatever, and choose that energy that you want to envelop in yourself. If you wanted to hang around a happy crowd, you're gonna be more obviously more happy and letting letting them being a part of your life and taking the moment and time every day to let the loved ones you know that you care about them, whether it's like a text or something though. Cause every, I feel like a lot of us, we live on this earth and then sometimes our time is short and stuff. And sometimes it's too late to say something. Why waste that time? I'm, I guess for me, I would be that random person where if I think it, I say it. Not like if it's something bad, I try not to, but usually if it's something good where example for you i was like i like i'll say it right i was like i think you have a really beautiful personality and you're gonna do great things yeah but it's kind of like i just feel like we there's just so much in this life i feel like i'm gonna cry when i'm saying all this i just feel like there's just so many people in this life that needs to hear these things that you're not alone or even you never know who you're coming across through when you're walking across a busy street. You might bump into someone. They might, might be having a bad day. They might take it out on you. But it's really not you. It's really what they're going through. And kind of stepping back to realize that humanity as a whole, we should all try to stick together. Because if you're alone, if you're by yourself, it's more depressing you don't you know you don't have anyone but when we all try to support each other even if you don't know the person said person Mm -hmm. you can make a difference in their lives that you wouldn't ever expect Mm -hmm. moments for me i have depressing episodes like i get depressed at times where i don't know and a random friend would text me is like nathan you're one of the nicest people i've ever met you deserve happiness and stuff and it's just i was like i really needed to hear that today So I guess what I'm saying is just don't be afraid to express yourself. Even if you're a guy, you're a girl, manliness doesn't determine like you have to stay quiet and then like, and just show like you're tough and stuff to be vulnerable with your friends and stuff too shows a lot. If I walked up to someone, I was like, if to my friends, like, I just, I just need a hug. I just need some help here and there or like a text or something. And they'll give you a hug. Or if you just talk to someone Mm-hmm. Even on a subway train, it's like, hey, how's your day going? You'd be surprised 
because you never know they might be stop talking to you or they'll just let it all out like a waterfall like nathan i don't know you but i need to tell you i'm like <laughs> okay sure and i'm usually for me they'll be like i've never told anyone this ever and i'm like are you sure you want to tell me this right now it's like yes, <laughs> I, do. I do so i guess just live life and just try to remember that we're all in this together that's my best nugget of wisdom that i can give to everyone i like that i like that a lot and i feel like that's something that working in um particularly like the customer service sector where you are hospitality really opens you up too because i i feel some like somewhat in the same way that i've i've really been trying to work on like try to compliment people in the moment when you like something that you see Mm -hmm. somebody's wearing Mm -hmm. just it doesn't take anything out of you to brighten up their day for a second and just be like hey nice fit i like your necklace cool shape you know what i mean and then they go on that the rest of their day with like an extra pep in their step because like okay I've got an outside confirmation I look fly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I and I, I feel like if 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 we could, you know, spread that little those those little hits of joy to like a lot more people, you know, a lot more people would, you know, go forth through life a little bit more confident, a little maybe less antagonistic, just looking on the bright side rather than just, you know, assuming the worst all the time of strangers around you because i mean like you said with that with that person who says i've never told anyone this sometimes it is kind of you know relieving in a sense to like just talk to a stranger and like no you're never gonna see them again but now there's somebody in the world with my secrets and they're off my chest exactly no exactly (laughs) yeah so i i love that i think that's that's beautiful and i Honestly, hope to gain out of this podcast a lot more people coming to that realization. I mean, I feel like it's a realization that a lot of people come to. It's just maybe they don't act upon it as much as they'd like to. Um, so I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 get into some fun stuff. What's the craziest shit you've ever gotten into? Craziest, wildest, like what's your your party story? Like, tell me something nuts about you. Um, well, I guess one of the craziest stories I can tell you that would make you, I still remember this very vividly, (laughs) which was, um, it was an, it was surprisingly in high school and it was, uh, I would call it my prom disaster story because everything went wrong on this thing. And I can, I won't say names of people though. I'll just exaggerate a little bit here and there was you can um, give them code names so i used to live in california and we had this thing called um fbla it was like a club it was called future business leaders of america and it Mm -hmm. sounds stupid don't 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 know why the whole point of this club is we take tests i know right it sounds like i was okay i know just I don't know why I was part of this club, but it was fine. So for whatever reason, one of the days we were going to near this amusement park for this thing, and then we would go to the amusement park afterwards. And we, three or four people, including me, we had prom that night kind of thing, though, too. And it was on a yacht or like a really big yacht for the school or whatever. And it was in San Francisco area. And that was like about... I believe that was about two hours or something away from where we were current, like about an hour or two. I can't remember exactly what it was. So we 
we were all getting ready and we were all in our prom clothes and our teacher who was driving us, she and her daughter, her daughter was going to prom too. So she was wearing this really beautiful white dress while there's two other guys in the back that were well, like we were all in tuxedos and such. And so we started getting ready to go and we got to leave early. So we're going now, starting to drive. And I was the idiot where I said, what if this car breaks down? Or what if this van breaks down? And then she slapped me. The The teacher's like, why did you say that out loud? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, it could happen. It's like, stop it. We don't say anything. So you jinxed now, it. Keep, yeah, keeping going in mind, we're now, now we're on the highway. So then an indicator came on in the van. So we're like, uh, what's going on? So we had to pull into a gas station. So imagine now we're all out in our outfits. And of course, the school name is on the van. It says like, blah, 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 school district, whatever. And it gets funnier because now our teacher goes inside. So apparently our car is leaking transmission fluid. Like there was a big leak. So it's been dr- like all and like you can see a line of it. So she's getting oh more God. transmission fluid. And now I'm outside with this thing. We The best I can say is we had this lady come up to us. It looked like she was obviously under the influence of drugs. And she had like a rasp in her voice. So she started asking <laughs> my friend who was in her dress, like, where'd she get her shoes? And then so, and then her mom finally comes out though. It's like, get away from us. Like, don't talk to her. So she started chasing us around the van. Like, we were just kind of running away. And she called us you dumb hillbillies from whatever school district we were from because she saw the no! so, so then we were like we were just trying to fill up this, the transmission field there was a guy that was helping us so he was just like oh i can give you guys a ride to the thing is not far and the teacher was like no we're fine and she gave us a lesson in the car like that's a random guy we could go die and i'm like okay cool like good thing no we can go die so now we're and we're now heading on our way to the thing and so, like, we're still kind of leaking transmission fuel as we're going. <laughs> and one of the girls in the car, her mom was a mechanic. So, the inside of the van, it was just like, just think of like a, like a rental. It just wasn't like a nice van or anything. It was just like a generic, like, van. Like a mom van. Like a soccer van. Kind of like that, but like. It's just brand new with the school was white. So we were moving along mm-hmm. now on the thing and we we're going slow because we were like, we don't want to speed up or anything. And people were flipping us off or driving by because we were going too slow. We're all just learning from this moment. Um, the teacher's daughter was sitting in the passenger seat while we were sitting in the back of the van. And the inside of the van started smoking. Smoke started bewing out from inside the vents of the thing, like black smoke into the van. So now we're sitting there watching this. And then she called she called her mom, the girl that knew the mechanics, like, Mom, blah, 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 this. So this is happening and other stuff, though, too. And she mixed, she mixed two words around, which is a very big two words, burn up and blow up. So she said, the van's going to blow up. So we're barely moving. Um, my, my friend who was in her dress, she was like, what? She opens up the door and jumps out the car and the mom's yelling, get back in the car. And we were just all like, now we're outside the van. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And then she's like, oh, the car's burning up. So we're like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. The story hasn't, does, does not end yet. So, um, so now we're able to move the car a little bit longer, but we didn't even make it to the bridge or whatever where we needed to go we're out of gas and we're out of transmission fuel and the thing was we had enough 
gas to move down a ramp like kind of like one of the exit ramps where it kind of leans down so now we're just riding this ramp down and then the car stops like it doesn't like it doesn't move so we imagine in our in our tuxedos and stuff we're outside the van pushing this van yeah we all were pushing this van through this intersection into this parking lot that we didn't know so we left our luggage stuff in the van and so now we decided to go on foot we're walking down the road and we were just like we were miserable and stuff like that too my friend whatever the girl the girl in the dress i was about to say her name by accident but she was starting to cry like she's starting to cry she's like i just wanted to go to prom like i can't believe all this is happening and i try to be somehow stupid romantic or something i was like I was like, if we don't, if you don't get your dance tonight, I'll dance with you under the car lights. I remember saying that out loud. And she's oh like, my God. She's like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Nathan. And then so at one point, we were just trying to find a car rental place. Every single freaking car rental place in that area, though, except one was closed or the gas station was closed. And we were just all depressed. We we're just all like dragging. She couldn't walk anymore because she had she wore stilettos in a way. So I had to piggyback her, holding her, and we were just I was piggybacking her, trying to walk because she was walking too much. Later on, <laughs> um, there was a car that came down the road, and then we, and then she was talking. I was like, "Hey, where is there a car rental place around here?" And blah blah blah. This I was like, "Oh, I was like, could you give us a ride to the car rental place?" And then the guy out of nowhere was just like, "It's against my company's policy to give rides to strangers," and I'm like okay fine thank we're you children so drives away and we're all just like what's going on and the teacher's trying to keep up the morale but we were just all very defeated and then she gets a phone call from the thing and she said the boat left without us already so it just makes it worse so now we're all like like disheveled we're in our tuxedos or whatever it's fine so now we're walking down the thing we're just all like oh look a car rental place it's closed look a gas station it's closed so we finally make it to this diner and we go inside and we were all just like the teacher had to tell the situation to them whatever was going on and we were all like we were just all like they got us free drinks and beverages and soda so now we're just sitting inside this diner because we were all just like, are you serious or now? Why? And the teacher had to go outside to make a call to the principal to tell him about the whole situation and whatever happened to us. And she's just outside now. She runs back inside and she's just looking at us like, guys, you guys won't believe it. The principal's coming in his Ferrari to pick you up. And I'm like, what? Wait, what's huh? going on? Yeah, listen, I know. It sounds like... It just sounded like I was like, wait, what's going on? So the teacher, the principal's coming in his Ferrari to come pick you up. <laughs> we're like, okay, um, sure, whatever. So now we're outside and um, the principal, of course, shows up. He shows up in a Porsche and we're like, okay, so we're all like four or five of us trying to fit into this itty bitty Porsche and he's speeding through. He's speed like he's like flying through the thing and he's like, the prom boat's turning around for you guys. We're like, what's going on right now? Hallelujah. Any sense. And I have pictures <laughs> and all this to prove it all. Okay. And he was telling us that his wife was using his Ferrari, so he had to use his wife's Porsche. And me and everyone in the back, we were just talking like, how the hell does our principal have a ferrari and a porsche right now so we're like we didn't guess it whatever so now we're driving up now we're just going zooming 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 he's like oh we'll make a way to get your suitcases like okay 
this doesn't make any sense. So now we pull up to the docks. We're waiting for the boat. And the boat's coming in, though. And I'm just like, and of course, the boat gets there. And we get on the boat. And it was somehow like a mess. And it turned in, I don't know. It was one of the craziest stories I can tell. Because it makes no sense to me. First of all, my anxiety. <laughs> yes. Like, you know those anxiety memes? <laughs> like, it just goes up, 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 up. <laughs> that was the entire me the entire story oh my god also what a reminder of like how much of a shit show <laughs> high was, school is. like i guess in a way i don't know why i vividly <laughs> remember that story because i lived that story and then people are like well i was like no it's an amazing story it's just like it all happened that's like that's literally a movie though and you said if you don't I'll get just- your prom dance all dance with yeah, you. like was, some hopeless romantic. It was just the crate, and then, like I said, our teacher took pictures of us when we were waiting for the thing, and she sent it to us as a gift at one point. Though, so I have those pictures still, these memories that of us getting trapped, kind of like Aww. just like whatever. Oh, that's 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 insane! Like I have no words beyond it's your fault. Well, that was <laughs> you me. did it. Yes, I know. You jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay, you guys still got to the boat, thankfully, and you got a ride in a Ferrari, a Porsche? Porsche, yes. It sounded like a fairy tale ending at the end, which doesn't make sense, but that's exactly what happened. No, it ended the way it needed to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Good endings, but just, oh my god, a long trek through hell to get there. And as soon as you said, like, the lady's chasing you around the van, you're pushing the van, and you're all dressed in prom attire... (laughs) Like, it's Scooby-Doo now. It was such... <laughs> yeah, I didn't like any of that. So you're going to have fun with that story. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, alternatively, on the flip side, what is a very, like, proud moment that you've had? Or, like, a very proud story you'd like to share? The proudest you've ever been in your life? Um, I guess of... I think I realized of who, who I am who I've become and what I've accomplished in that that certain moment. And one of my best friends told me, though, is like, of anyone that she's ever met, when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to, I'll do it. I'll find a way to do it. I remember I was telling her that I was, when I left Disney, I was depressed. It was because I was let go because of some weird circumstance and stuff. I was always a perfect person. So I was depressed. I met a flight attendant. Who told me that my personality is perfect to be a flight attendant. I never thought about being a flight attendant. So now I'm at home. I'm applying to be, like I said, he was, and he messaged me out of the blue. He's like, hey, you should apply for Southwest. I was like, eh, whatever. And I thought it was, I didn't care at the moment because I was just very sad. I was like, whatever. Then later on, I got into it. I guess one of the moments for me was Jet. When I applied for JetBlue, I was, I didn't realize anything. I was like, eh, whatever. I don't care. Like, um, I made it through, I made it through the interviews, the last part usually before you get into it, where they meet with you in person, whether it's like through a bunch of people and then they talk with you. And later on, I didn't realize I was going to get the job, but I didn't know it. And I was just like, whatever happens, happens. I don't care. I'm just having a good time. And then later on, we were all supposed to get phone calls and I... Um, I think I was just freaking out. I was just like, there. My friends were messaging me like, if you get an email, it means a no. If you get a phone call, it's a yes from a New York New York number. And I was like, whatever. I was living in California, so then they're like, 
I gotta know. I gotta know. I gotta know. I'm like, did you get anything, Nathan? I was like, I haven't heard anything. It's like, you're probably gonna get the job. I was like, no, I don't think so. They're probably just going down the list. My last name is an M. They're probably going down the list to tell me no. <laughs> and then, so now I'm sitting in my room and I'm like, whatever, I don't care anymore. And then I get a phone call and I just burst into tears because I see it's a New York. And I just start crying like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, oh. So I pick up the phone and he's just like, hello, am I speaking with Nathan? I'm like, yes, you are. He was like, and then I started, I yelled at him apparently. I was just like, are you going to tell, are you going to tell me what I think you're going to tell me? And he was like, what do you think I'm going to tell you? He's like, just tell me. So when I got that job, I was on cloud nine. But the next part was going through training, which was like about a month and a half or so. And it's just a lot of, mm-hmm. basically, we are trained in medical emergencies, everything. Like, more often in our training, it's just for safety. Like, if anything were to happen, mm-hmm. like, you look at us, and we know what to do. Like, we just run, we know exactly what to do. Um, so, we made it through training. And I think the mo- proudest moment, though, was that my mom took an airline to fly that out there to see me on my graduation day. I was so stressed out. I cried throughout the all of trading. I cried in the shower, <laughs> waking up in the morning to know that you have three tests to take though. And if you get, you have to get 80% or higher on these tests. And if you fail the test though, you have three, I think two tries or so. And then you get sent home as in you can fail out of training when you're there. So I had some friends that failed out of training. So <clears throat> This sounds like top model. Yeah, I guess. And then we were all like, we, we, my classmates, we all bonded because how I was just stressed out the whole time. I was just crying. One of our biggest mm-hmm. tests our- though too was, um, our last two big tests was in, it's called an IOE and it's called an EME. IOE is like in-flight operations, like where we're being tested in the position though, where we have a evaluator with us on the flight. And then of course, everyone on the flight knows that I'm being evaluated. So he's just like following me around with like a board. Like, are you sure you did this correctly? And I'm like, I think I did this correctly. Because I feel like you know what you're doing until someone's standing there watching you. Like, are you sure that's your final answer? I'm like, that's always so how that's it what is. I second guessing myself and everything. But I passed. But the EME was emergency. They give us an emergency with three people. And then we had to deal with an emergency or two people how we deal with it so i got two tries it was i was crying through all that like i was depressed um but i made it through i passed it through and i guess the proudest moment though too was when it didn't hit me or it didn't occur to me that what i drink what i worked hard towards was to the end when i was walking across that stage to get my wings because you have to earn your wings to be able to be a flight in i started like the moment I started, I started bawling. Like I was a mess. They said my name, Nathan, come across the stage, and I just like waterworks. I was like, mid, like sobbing and like Aww. walking across, giving people hugs and other stuff too. I was like, oh my gosh, I did it! And I sat down, and I was just <laughs> looking at my wings. I couldn't stop crying because, like, I was just very proud of myself because whatever I. And it's for anyone, though, too. It's like, whatever you put your mind into, you can do it no matter what anyone tells you. Like, if people don't believe in you, you have to believe in yourself. So that moment, I didn't care. I didn't care if my friends or family. I did it for me. So then I sat down with my diploma and other stuff, too, and I went home. I just was, it felt weird because it didn't hit me until I went back to California to pack my things to move. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I made it. And I was just sobbing in my room, too. So I guess... 
my proudest moment is just like being able to do something that you didn't think you could and knowing that you believed in yourself all the way and forcing yourself and fine because i've never worked in an airline before so i had no knowledge of airplanes or anything so people some people were there that have experienced like oh do you, i was like i don't know what this freaking door does like i don't understand what this <laughs> is and people understand. are like oh i already know what to do and i'm like what do you mean you know what to do why is there a door right there like what what do we have to know about this door they're like and then people are like you'll understand in time i'm like that doesn't help me at all <laughs> but i guess the pr- that proudest moment was when i'm on that stage and then hugging my mom and having my friend like it just was weird to say i did it like i made it all the way through same thing with my college degree i wanted to quit so many times in my getting my degree and i went to my mom and i hugged her and i started crying and i just whispered to her and i was like i did it and she was like i know you did and i'm proud of you oh yeah it's Oh, that's beautiful. It's just like the culmination of all the hard work and the hard nights and the, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking you can't do it. And then finally you've got a paper that says you did it. Like, I think it's definitely like a catalyst. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For sure. Yeah, that's, uh, that's beautiful. I I think that's like a good, you know, lesson too, because it's like, not that it's like, you know, the military or anything, but you went through like a sort of boot camp. Yes. You, you, you prove to yourself like, hey, I've got what it takes. Exactly. What it takes exactly. to have wings, you know? <laughs> Not everybody can say that. So be proud. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> yes. No, that's, that's beautiful. I love that. In your free time, let's talk about free time, a little less about work. Um, what are your like favorite things to do like outside of like, just in relaxation time like if you self-study or like if there's like a subject that like you're really interested in you like check up on it every once in a while do you have anything like that or like hobbies something like that i have a lot of hobbies that Mm -hmm. some of them's like i said i guess my friend would my friends call me a jack of all trades because i like to try so many new things Like, I'm probably also one of the biggest nerds. I guess I would say that, like, I am so extremely nerdy. I love board games. (laughs) In my spare time, I love video games. I'm very big into Dungeons and Dragons. I did water polo in high school. I still love it. I was a referee for a while. I was a swimmer. I was one of the worst divers ever. We don't talk about that. I was just for whatever. I gave myself a concussion through diving. Um, No. What? Wait, you hit the bottom of the pool with your head? No, I gave myself a concussion because I, like I said, I was one of the worst divers, whatever, because I decided to, the last of my college career, or I mean, my high school career, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do diving. Mm -hmm. Oh, I should have never done diving. I'm serious. Like, and (laughs) just imagine during an event when there's a swimming and there's diving and everyone, of course, all the parents are now watching me on this diving board. I probably look Uh like I don't know what I was doing. Which I didn't, um, <laughs> and I kind of dived wrong, and then I kind of smacked, so how water works, though, is, like, if you smack the water, like, sideways, though, it feels like concrete, so I smacked my eardrum on my right side, and then I got out again to do it again, and I smacked my right eardrum again, so I was bleeding, and I couldn't walk straight. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> So, um, anyways, <laughs> one of my other hobbies, though, too, would be, like, I, like I said, I was trained in 
ballroom dancing. Like I love, I just want to find time to do that again. It just I've been so busy. I did ballet. I did, um, I did contemporary. I did. I just love performing. I want to do theater again in a little while. I want to sing again. In time, I love hiking. Um, you know, um, I heard the actual full phrase of what uh, Jack of all trades is this morning. And I didn't know it was like a longer phrase, but like what you're saying, like, I get it now. <laughs> it was like, Jack of all trades, master of none, but still better than a master of one. Well, I would say I'm a master at ballroom dancing, though, but... Um, okay, okay. <laughs> um, no, but I've done a lot of sports. I think I did soccer. Um, I wasn't the best at soccer either, but that's fine. Um, what else did I do? I you love, tried. Yes, I love reading books. I love learning about people. I love spending time with making new friends so I can hear stories of their life because I feel like everyone's life story is entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. I love exploring the mind. I love very deep intellectual conversations with people. I mm-hmm. love food. I love trying <laughs> new different types of food. I love, I just love exploring. Like, I just love, watch, I can have the longest list or whatever, <laughs> but um, I just love doing so many things that encapsulate my time because I feel like life on this planet is sometimes very short. Mm-hmm. and very small and dwindled that I don't want to be not be able to do something. I want to be able to leave a legacy in a way by doing Fine. what I love to do and then letting people know that if it's not the norm, it's okay. No one's going to judge you any different. Probably no one's ever probably ever heard of a, like um, a biologist that ballroom dances that's now a flight attendant or anything like that or like that's very nerdy. Like, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to be put into a box. So when I try to do things, I do it for my entertainment, not because of someone telling me to. I just love, I think I just love living life and I love finding excuses to make me happier and happier with my hobbies and activities and such. Yeah, it seems like you're very much a person who just like generally loves finding out what the world has to offer you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's great. Um, any, do you have any unpopular opinions? Do you have a hill that you're willing to die on even though everybody tells you you're wrong? Yes, I do. I guess for me, it would be about the political systems a little bit. Okay, well, you can go into that as much or as little as you want. Um, I guess as a, for me, I don't like the idea of having labels in the political system, kind of like Mm -hmm. being a Republican, being a Democrat, being a liberal, libertarian. Like, there's such a long list, though. I feel like it would just... I feel like I would rather just do way of that and just go with whatever I feel about a certain topic and how I feel about it, too, and not being labeled that Republicans should feel this way, Democrats should feel this way about this law, whatever supposed to feel this way about a certain said topic i'd rather just make my own decisions on it i don't i agree with a lot of things and i agree with not a lot of things from both sides of the party like with the example Mm -hmm. trump 
or but like there's little things that I agree on there's things that I for both sides I don't just take one side I'm like something like even for like example binary and I was like there's so many things that he did that was so stupid like why do you say that out loud to oh I'm deciding to do this I was like we don't need to know that you're doing it out loud and the thing is some yeah, of the things that some... Trump did in silent though I was like you should have probably let everyone know that you did these things it both sides every side everything is very corrupt in my opinion it's just it just created this division amongst everyone along with race it just makes it harder because you're like oh you're oh hard and i'm like no i just believe in people i just see people i don't care what you believe in or what your belief system is if you treat me nice i'll treat you nice the moment you start making me feel like i'm trapped though then i might say something but it's just like don't insinuate and don't assume about something um i guess my favorite thing would say though is like in europe per se mm-hmm. they're i list my friend one of my friends told me to listen to the political things in europe because they're non-biased they're just they'll tell you exactly what's going on there's no sides mm-hmm. of believing like a republic they, they just all it's just like, facts like, it's just facts like you make your decisions on whatever you believe in so i just wish that was more of a coherent thing rather than being labeled into one said side or another like if i don't agree with something then i don't agree with something they're like nathan but you're a democrat i was like i never said anything much though like i want to believe whatever i believe i think that law i think whatever that thing is stupid like that's my mindset on it though but you're not being a hardcore version of whatever i'm like doesn't matter it's my opinion i and i that's a pretty popular opinion that like parties the, the the party system that we have is like it's very divisive like it takes the people who are very uh they want to fit into one like they just want to fit in they're like i'm definitely a republican or whatever like that though too exactly like it 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 makes people find their group and then whether they do believe in what their group believes or don't believe with every aspect that their group believes they will fight hard for the opinions of that group even though they may have like you know internal moral conflicts about it no, so. exactly and i think it's just i for me why i would consider that like an unpopular opinion because i've dealt with people that would say like you can only have one side or the other you can't just be whatever and i'm like why does this have to be a thing why can't i just agree here and disagree here they're like no you and it's like assist you have to fit into the system or whatever and i'm like so then i just stopped talking to them at that point because i'm like (laughs) okay whatever it's fine i don't care but i got i've been dealing with that and i guess i would like i said unpopular opinion because people don't agree with how i think at times no i i get that and it's i feel like it the problem with that too is those people are usually the loudest at like telling you like no you have to believe you're either with me or you're yes that's exactly it yes yeah and so it's like like you said you just kind of like go well i'm just gonna shut up because i don't i don't want to say something i don't believe in but then at the same time you're just kind of sat there with your emotions of like well i'm not going to contribute to the conversation i just have to watch it unfold i guess and it's just as uncomfortable as you know being berated by somebody who says you have to you know align yourself with whatever group you've also exactly put upon yourself yeah it's it's i don't 
don't know, man. I'm just waiting for the day. Have you uh, you ever watched Futurama? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, so I'm just like waiting for the times where we're gonna get to like where society is like Futurama and like nobody is standing for anything. Everybody stands for themselves and mind your business. Exactly. And, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. But uh, those times can't come soon enough. Apparently. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, one day we'll make it there, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Yes, for sure. Um, oh, do you have a favorite memory? Um, let's see. Um, well, I do have, yes, I do have a favorite memory. And I guess it would tie into the person who I've become now. Mm-hmm. And it will... So, like, I guess when I was younger and when I was growing up, I was very antisocial. I hated people. I didn't want to deal with... I was. I would get stage fright. I would get nervous. I would just be afraid of people in general. So, my personality now, I would say, like, I'm very bubbly. I'm very, like, you wouldn't... People, like, they were, I would never expect that from you. you. I'd like, say you're oh. a very open book. Like, you're very approachable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so it would be more of, yeah, like I just felt like I was an outcast in a way until I took, I guess in a way, I guess I would say it's like phrase, like I took the stage at one point. So it was on this cruise ship and I remember it was on Princess Cruise Lines. And where are you going? I was, um, I can't remember exactly where I was going. I think we... We took a Caribbean cruise or so, but I fell in love with one. It's like one of the higher officers that does entertainment on the cruise ship Mm -hmm. um, that's in charge of it. Like, I remember, like, I adore her so much. She was amazing. Her personality, like, I was very shy at that time. I was very nervous. She was such a lovely character. And I would say that I would embody what her personality is now because I told myself, I was like, I want to be wherever she is. That's my goal. That's where I want to move towards to be that version of me. Or I would call it Disney Disney version of Nathan because I'm a very identified <laughs> person. So later on, like I was, I remember it was, there was a show. This is one of the big shows and you've heard of the show, The Voice. Am I correct? Yes. So they so had this game. The they had this game show on the cruise called The Voice of the Ocean. And I was with my mom and I was with one of my friends at that time, too. And out of nowhere, I was like, I'm going to go and audition. Because I've never done karaoke or anything in front of anyone, ever. So mm-hmm. I was so scared and nervous about everything. I just didn't know. Then I told I was like, I'm going to go do an audition. So I told my mom and my friends, like, in my mind, logically, I thought the audition would be like, you'd be with three people where you sing a little bit and they're like, oh, you're good to go. But I forgot the audition process is you sing in front of a crowd of people. So I went to the studio room and I was like, okay. And it was so packed. I shooed my mom and my friend away. It was packed. Everyone was standing everywhere. And I was like, maybe there was an afterflow from an event and maybe they're leaving though. I was like, okay, that's fine. So um, someone came on the stage, welcome to the voice of the ocean. Um, everyone here, don't leave. You're going to be a part of the show because you're going to be voting everyone who <laughs> sits onto the main part of the show. And I'm like, oh, shit. That's stressful. Yeah, so I was just sitting down. And then I was like, now we're going to hold... Um, we have a sign-up sheet and stuff, though, too. And I remember at that moment in time, 
was that I have two options. I have the person, the ho- person who I want to be or the person I want to stay as. Do I want to stay quiet and just sit still and just not do it or just be that person and be that change? And I took the biggest leap because I held my breath. I was like, okay, okay. So I stood up and I walked over to the line and I was like the third person in line to sing or whatever. And I was so scared. I was just like trying to talk to people. I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm trying my best. Cause, um, Elaine, my, the friend, I told her, I was like, Bob, I was like, give it a shot. Be the change. Be the chance that you can get. And like another stuff. Cause I saw she was part hosting the show. So I was like, I will do it. Like, I'm going to do it. So now I'm up there. I think I sang Josh Groban's You Raise Me Up, but I dedicated it to my mom because I told her to come back into the room. Aww. Because I wouldn't be there where I was without her showing me how to raise up and grow. So I started singing that song and people were, and I told them, I was like, this is my first time really doing this. And everyone was cheering me on. A lot of people voted for me, but I didn't make it onto the main show at the end of that. People were clapping and stuff. Whatever moment, ever since that moment on, I've done carry. I it basically broke me out of my shell. So I remember that memory or that favorite moment though, because it just remembered taught me that you have the you have to be brave enough to make a change to who you ever you want to be, and it just takes that one step. And that was the turning point. Yes, and then you became yes. Disney and Ethan. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I- I, I'm still working on myself, but I, I try to fool myself into thinking if you're, if you, if you go into something, say acting, for example, and you are not confident, that's going to translate. But if you try your best, nobody's going to laugh at you for trying your best. No, if you're, what I've learned from one of my dance instructors, though, is just like, Nathan, if you met, you had to be confident, like, and in the West, the best way she could, she told me, though, was that if I would, if you're out there with 20 people, and you do the wrong step or something like that, too, and she's like, it doesn't matter, Nathan, you make yourself so confident that they're doing it wrong, and that you're doing it right. Exactly. Like, if you go in there sheepishly, and you do something, then everybody's gonna notice. But if you do it, like, oh, I meant to do that. Nobody's ever gonna notice. No, I had one time that happened though, and I was like, "Oops, I was wrong." Like several steps, I missed the thing though, and I was doing my thing though. And at the end, <laughs> they were all we we're all in the lobby shaking hands with people. Like, you were so amazing. You stole the show. <laughs> I'm like, thank you so much for that compliment. And I just looked at her, and they were like, and I was like, and then the, we watched reruns of my performance. The performance though, they're like. You look like you, everyone looked like, and they were doing it wrong. And I'm like, oh, that's great to hear. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, step here, kick here, step here. <laughs> you were a star. You were a star, baby. Exactly. You were the whole show. <laughs> that's great. No, that's more life lessons that we're learning. Exactly. Yes. Um, is there anything, any last thoughts, remarks, anything you want to share you'd like to leave us with? I think I've, I think for me, I've shared a lot of, I think I've shared a lot of wisdom or happiness and such, but I guess my closing point would just be is to live your life one day at a time and don't forget who you are. And that's probably a memory for me from the Lion King that I remember so much though, is like never forget who you are because deep down inside, If there's moments in life that seems to test you, you know yourself better than anyone. 
better than your family knows you and stuff too. If something doesn't feel right, follow your gut and just be true to you mm-hmm. and never, and just live your life to the best extent and know that every day has its hardships where you will fall, fall down and fall down the stairs or whatever. I fell down the stairs many times, um, <laughs> but um, fall down. But remember that it takes the courage to stand back up again. It takes courage to just step out and be true to who you are. Oh, I love that. I love it. I love it all. Oh, thank you so much for a great first interview. You are the best, best, best guest. I don't think anybody I will ever interview will be able to compare because you're just a, a ray of like little happiness and sh- sunshine and bubbles. It's great. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me.